Hello and thanks for listening to RT Radio 1's The Rolling Wave podcast with me, Aoife Nick Saturday, May 22nd is World Fiddle Day and the people at World Fiddle Day Scarta Glen will be launching some very special newly discovered recordings of fantastic Schlieve Lochra musicians, including music from Julia Clifford and Paddy Cronin. In this episode, I'll be talking to PJ Tian from World Fiddle Day Scarta Glen about those recordings and we'll be hearing a preview of some of the music, starting with a tune from Paddy Cronin. <laughs> there from Paddy Cronin and that's just one of the tracks being officially published next Saturday as part of World Fiddle Day Scarta Glen. PJ and you're one of the people behind World Fiddle Day and I know you work tirelessly on all sorts of projects related to the music of Schlieve Lochra but the idea first of all the idea of World Fiddle Day where did that come from and is, is it unique to Kerry unique to Ireland? No Aoife a man called Quivine Mackey who actually collected a lot of music in Kerry came up with the idea World Fiddle Day and I spotted it in January of 2013 and the date, he published the date and we had a discussion amongst ourselves, Mick Quality and myself and John Reedy from Castle Island, Con Minehan from Castle Island and I set a project where we would try and collect a photo of each fiddler from the Castle Island Parish and we'd produce a document and we would unveil it on World Fiddle Day in 2013 okay. and we're, we're going since. Wow. And we'll talk about this current uh, World Fiddle Day now in a minute which is obviously uh, online again this year but tell me a bit about yourself first and how you came to be so passionate about this music. Well, both sides of my family have connections to O'Keefe my grandfather's first cousin, Mikey Duggan, was a well-known pupil of Partick O'Keefe's. And my grandfather's brother, on the other side, was Cos Tehan, a well-known musician in Chicago. And he was amongst the first five pupils ever taught by Partick O'Keefe. And you play yourself? I play myself. I, I, um, I really got hooked on the music when I went to see the Harslips in Killarney, age 15, and 1977, and I went out the week after and bought a guitar. <laughs> and now I play mandola and bazooki. And um, the amount of work you put into this, because if when people go to look at this, there's a huge amount involved in it. But this isn't, uh, this is sort of something you do, obviously, as a hobby in, in your spare time at night and on weekends and that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, it's become, I suppose, in fairness, I suppose it's become an obsession. But I never realised it would get as big as it be, as it has got. But I keep getting sent material and people keep asking me to do things. And I I, um, I see our, our whole ethos behind the thing is, is to hand the tradition down to the next generation because we felt that the true music was being lost. And we didn't want, we didn't want to lecture people. So we, we tried to make it entertaining for a child 
nearly to pick it up by osmosis. So we started a, a series called the Hand Down Sleeve Lucre lecture series where we would invite a guest speaker who would give a, a talk on a, on a sleeve lucre musician or a sleeve lucre subject. But we would also invite young musicians to play. And of course, the reaction of the audience to the young musicians really gave the young musician a sense of confidence and a sense of value. But when they sat down in the audience after playing then and they heard the talk, they were unconsciously, they were being educated in the sleeve lucre tradition. And it has it has uh, come true on certain pupils that they're really coming good now, young musicians. Like Maura O'Connor was our first young musician that handed down and she now has a commercial recording out and you can see the influence in that recording. A, a beautiful recording. We played some tracks from it a couple of weeks ago and that's all part of the sort of the Schlieve Lochre Records uh, project which is being run I think by, by Ono Sullivan as well which is doing great work. Brian O'Leary's record was on that, that label too I think this Bri- year. Brian O'Leary, another, another fantastic musician that's coming through. You see, traditional music reached a height in the 70s and the 80s. But to the young person, all those heroes that we might have had, they're all old names now and they need new heroes. And I think it's great because you also have, to the list there, you have Mara O'Connor, Brian O'Leary, but most importantly, to the fiddle tradition, you have Aidan Connolly, who was a fantastic interpreter of Paddy Cronin's style and Dennis Murphy's style. And Young people look up to these young musicians because they all, we all need our heroes mm. to, to, to make us interested, you know. OK, well, look, a, a few weeks ago, you sent me a huge wealth of music um, and we just heard one track from, from it earlier on, just the, the tune from Paddy Cronin. But uh, recordings, never before published recordings of Paddy Cronin, Julia Clifford and others. Let's talk about Paddy Cronin first. Do you know where these recordings came from and uh, where were they made and, and then how did they get to you? Well, I believe they were made in Paddy's kitchen and I would think that they were made by Paddy himself. The quality is uh, outstanding. There's complete silence. He's playing. I think, I think what comes true in his playing is that he's, play, he's in the zone. He's playing for himself. I, I, I wouldn't even think that there was anybody in the kitchen with him. That's just my view. But on the cassette, when it came to me, it's from the Dan Hurley collection. Now, Dan and Paddy played a lot around the mid-80s together. And possibly this tape was made by Paddy giving Dan tunes that they may play together. There's a tune, there's some brilliant tunes on it and I think there's about um, well, about 30 tracks or at least 30 tracks uh, of tunes from Paddy on this but one of the tunes has a brilliant title uh, Give the Girl Her Fourpence. We might play that now. Tell, tell me about this tune. Well I first, I, I, the, first, the first time I heard that tune was on a, an alb, a cassette by a, a great group from North Cork called the Monks of the Screw. But Con Minan, who lives in Castle Island, who is a huge fan of, of Paddy Cronin's, has been playing that tune for years too. But And Con told me that uh, he thinks Paddy introduced it to the repertoire down here. It's a great, it's a great tune.
Give the Girl Her Fourpence. They're played by uh, Paddy Cronin and I'm here with uh, PJT and talking about these recordings which will be launched, officially launched on uh, World Fiddle Day next Saturday. Um, Paddy Cronin, uh, PJ, just just uh, very briefly, Paddy Cronin was a, a fiddle player from Sheev Lucha. He was a pupil of Padre Keys, but he emigrated to America as a very young man where he lived for almost all his working life. These, You think these recordings were made in 1997. Was he living back in Ireland again at that point? Yes, he had returned and bought a house in Killarney. So that now that he now he used to go back to the states as well, but he 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 spent a lot of his latter years in Killarney. And you mentioned Dan O'Hurley. He used to play with him, and a lot of these uh, recordings that you're going to release came come from the Dan O'Hurley collection. Tell me who Dan O'Hurley was, and was he was he somebody who was very interested in in collecting? Oh, Dan O'Hurley, he was a fantastic box player. He was from Belly Desmond. And I first, I first met Dan, Dan Herlihy in Scatter Glen at the Flag Hall in 1981. And, my God, he was a live, great, great timing and great lively player. He went on to, to do some fantastic research work, brought out a couple of books, brought out a lot of recordings. And, unfortunately, he died in 2018. A relative young man, you know. These uh, recordings then were in his home, is that right? And they, they were passed yeah, on yeah, by his family? Son, his, yeah, his son Brendan donated uh, the recordings from his collection. From uh, his, he's, he's looking after Dan's collection. He found these tapes in a box. And tell me, were you surprised at the repertoire of tunes that, that Paddy plays on this um, on these recordings? I mean, there were a lot of new tunes for me and also, I mean, there were some jigs and horn pipes, but a lot of reels. I, I wasn't surprised because Nicky McAuliffe lives here in Castle Island and Nicky knew Paddy well and Nicky gave a, a talk for me on Paddy Cronin and Aidan Connolly gave a talk for me on Paddy Cronin and what was touched upon was the amount of music books that Paddy had and strange music books at that and he would have had a huge repertoire. Nicky actually told me a story that in the early 70s Paddy arrived to the store at Flakeol and he had he had bought the book of Reavy tunes before he came and he nobody in Ireland knew them but Paddy had about 25 Reavy tunes off in the store for everyone. Well that's interesting because there are definitely a few tunes on this that uh, that have come without titles but that definitely have the uh, the Ed Reavy stamp all over them I think so yeah that would make that would make sense. We might take another tune um from these tunes. We obviously can't play uh, all uh, 30, 30 sets so we're just whetting the appetite for next Saturday but we might take one more track from Paddy I don't have a title for this tune but uh, the, the second part of this is, is very unusual this is Paddy Cronin <laughs> Thank you. 
Great fiddle playing from Paddy Cronin there. PJ Tian, you've got two recordings from Julia Clifford, um, one at a concert and one recorded by an unidentified American musician, um, a mandolin player who it seems was visiting the area and uh, Julie's Julia's eldest sister, Bridgie's on that tape as well. Do we know anything about this mystery American visitor who, who uh, took the time to make this recording? We have we have a few clues, but I didn't want I didn't want to get it wrong. So until until we have it verified, I just have him down as an unknown American. I'll alter that when I have proof that it's him. But I don't I I, I don't want to be wrong on this occasion and have the wrong name, Absolutely. because nobody can nobody can tell me for sure who it is. Okay, well, we, we, all, we all owe him our gratitude because he made a lovely recording with her. Let's hear just a track from it and then we'll talk about her in a second. These are slides that she learned from her teacher, Porig O'Keefe. there from Julia Clifford. Um, PJT, and tell me about Julia Clifford and her status as a fiddle player. I firmly believe that Julia Clifford was one of the greatest ever. I mean, when you think of the the era that Julia grew up in, most female fiddle students of Padraig O'Keefe stopped playing when they got married, stopped playing because they couldn't find an outlet to play. You must remember that women were not allowed into pubs and it was much more difficult for a female fiddler to make her stamp in that era than it is now. Now we're blessed because there's some fantastic girls playing fiddle. But Julia rose through all that, I won't call it, I suppose in a way it was discrimination, but she was so mad for music. She rose through all that and challenged the very best men that played fiddle. Let's listen to her play a a couple of reels and uh, she has a a funny chat then with the interviewer at the end. No, I didn't. <laughs> no, I didn't. Not a bit. 
and he didn't stump her once. She knew every single tune suggested by that musician at the session. And of course, that was Julia Clifford playing for an as yet unidentified American visitor sometime around 1988 or 1989. Well, Julia Clifford was also a very good storyteller and uh, we made a programme on the Rolling Wave about her last year, which is available on our website or as a podcast. But on the tape um, we're talking about tonight, she told some stories, including this one about how far her father's fame had travelled. Oh God, he was the best. He was the best that ever, ever existed. He was. Cancer fluid. Cancer fluid. Oh, oh. And tin whistles. Oh. What was his name? Bill the Waver. Murphy. Murphy. Bill the Waver. And I went, I went up to Belfast and I played last September. I went up on the stage and there was a program made which was broadcast in America. Hmm. I don't know what is the name of the program, but I played anyway. And the man came up and he was questioning me. And he says, Jula, what kind of a man was Bill the Waver? <laughs> My father, uh-huh. you know. Up very fast. So he was known far and wise, you know. Julia Clifford there talking about her father. PJ, her, Ju- Julia's father, he was a very important figure as well, wasn't he, in the, in the music of Slieve Luachra? He was, and if, if, if uh, your listeners tune in to our YouTube channel next Saturday night, May the 22nd, there'll be a very special segment which deals with that, that very question. Bill, Bill the Waver had nine children, one unfortunately died, but his eight children were fiddle players. And, of course, the two of them were famous, but the rest of them have it. There's a story, too, with the rest of them, and I'll, that'll be unveiled next week. That's, uh, that's part of a programme called Insights, and it's starting at seven. Okay. The slow air playing, I'm always interested in the slow air playing of Slieve Lucher because it has, uh, slow airs have a very important place, don't they, in the tradition of, of Slieve Lucher music. And um, Julia plays Queenie Ronal on this tape that was recorded in, in the house. They're a very big part of the, of the tradition, aren't they? They are, and I suppose that goes back to the poetry Egon O'Rahele and all the poets of Sleeve Lucra. I think, I think O'Keefe, like, let's face it, O'Keefe was a very educated man. And I think he recognised the, the beauty in the poetry. And I'd say he was also maybe a lonesome man. And he, he personally loved to play airs. We've, we've all been told that, that he loved to play an air himself. But the fact that he passed them down to the pupils is a fantastic legacy too. And, and um, they really played them faithful, faithfully to the way he taught them. It comes across, I think. Julia Clifford on fiddle there. Um, PJ, there's another line in the interview that Julia did where she says uh, there's no no tune is wrong uh, 
no tune is wrong so long as it's the right time. And you were referring that back to the dance and potentially to the influence of Tom Billy as a teacher in Shlieve Lochra. I mean, we've talked about Padraig O'Keefe being a teacher in Shlieve Lochra and his pupils being uh, Julia Clifford and Paddy Cronin and Dennis Murphy and, and many more. But Tom Billy was the other big figure in teaching music in Shlieve Lochra. Do we know anything about his pupils? Do you have any recordings of the people who would have been taught by Tom Billy? We are very lucky that in our archive now we have old tapes of some of his pupils. We have Johnny Dinehy from Curra, we have Molly Myers Murphy, Belly Desmond, but we have a very important one, Sonny Felix, Sonny McSweeney, and his style is really suited to dancing. If you listen to the archive, if you go into our archive and you look for Sonny Sweeney, you, you will see a marked difference between Sonny's playing and the playing of Padraig students. And it's real rhythmic, and I think it's, it's really suited to dancing. And maybe, maybe Tom Billy's style was more for dancing. Padraig O'Keefe's had slightly more ornamentation. There, there was definitely, the two teachers, probably equally as important, their pupils were very different. And of course, Tom Billy was, uh, he died in in the 40s, I think, didn't he? 1944 or so. So he was, and you think... Lovely that... piece in the next Saturday night too about Tom <laughs> Billy, uh, Aoife. Okay. And you think that that's what Julia meant when she said no tune is wrong once it's the right time, that she was referring to the dancing? Well, I think in, in modern music, it has become very, uh, the way it's presented is more for concerts. Hmm. But when when... In the in the heyday of Dan Connells, when Johnny Leary was was playing in Dan Connells, if you weren't a good player, you weren't long being told so by the dancers. The good player was a good player because he suited the dancers. If he was too slow, he wasn't a good player. If he was too fast, he wasn't a good player. <laughs> Whereas now, I think music is presented more polished, and there are certain there are certain pieces of music now that are played, and I don't think you could dance to them. Okay, well, another musician here in this amazing, I should say it's an amazing collection, you know, it was just a treat to to be listening to it this week, but is uh, Willie (laughs) O'Connell. People might not be as familiar with him, maybe, as with Julia and with Julia Clifford and Paddy Cronin. Tell me about Willie O'Connell. Well, you see, everybody knows everybody knows the famous pupils of Padraig O'Keefe, but there was there was many great musicians that stayed at home and had families and worked at home and never left the area. But they played a huge part in our area. Like I remember when I was young, there was one particular session in Castle Island. And every Thursday night, Dennis McMahon was used to lead the session. But every Thursday night, seven or eight old menus come in with a fiddle case under their arm to sit down. We were spoilt. But Willie O'Connell was one such musician, a pupil of Padraig O'Keefe's. And Willie was known for having a lot of strange tunes. And I think this, even though this recording of Willie is shot, I think it really comes across how good a player he was, but also the the repertoire, there's some lovely tunes there. 
there's absolutely gorgeous tunes and some very unusual versions of uh, tunes um, that you you think you're familiar with and then you hear a twist that uh, turns it into something else. Some lovely jigs on it. We might have a listen to one of those now. O'Connell there on fiddle and that again is one of the tunes in the collection the, the this new collection that will be released as part of World Fiddle Day Scarta Glen next weekend. PJ one interesting thing about these recordings is normally when uh, home recordings are made or you know tapes are found in attics and things there's there can be a lot of chat on the tapes um, but these there's no chat on any of these even on Willie O'Connell's there it's tune and tune followed by tune. Is that unusual or do you think they were edited afterwards or, or what do you think about that? I'd say they were edited after. You see, we can only put them on the archive as we get them, yeah, and that's how that's how they came. But I'd say they were edited. Now, I had fierce trouble with Willie O'Connell's tape because it was broken, so I had to snip and join with sell the tape. If you if you were um, if you were around the eighties, you knew well how to fix the cassette tape. So <laughs> there was a special way of fixing it. But I got it working. But there may have been part of the tape that's lost. Well, you wouldn't know that there was sellotape involved in them, I can, I can assure you. <laughs> um, OK, look, finally, <clears throat> Kathleen O'Keefe, uh, who's of a different generation to, to these musicians. She's much younger. Tell me about Kathleen O'Keefe. Well, if you ever hear Jackie Daly talking, Jackie Daly attributes his music to Jim O'Keefe. Jim O'Keefe was a pupil of Padraig O'Keefe's and Jim was from the Belly Desmond area and he went to work over in Kentuck. He was a farm labourer and Jackie, at the age of 10, he invited Jackie to join him on a dancing stage at a crossroads and Jackie played with him for years and they used to travel to Castle Island. Jim had a, a motorbike and Jackie used to travel to Castle Island on the back of the motorcycle to play a session in Castle Island on a Sunday night. But Kathleen O'Keefe was Jim's niece and she was famous as a tin whistle player, winning all sorts of competitions in the early 70s. But she also, she went on then to learn the fiddle and she's a fine fiddle player. But she she moved away from Sleeve Lucra and to be honest, I've only heard her playing since once. Would you have other recordings of her as well, PJ? Yes, if uh, on our archive there's a recording from Belly Desmond. I think it's 1976 at the Belly Desmond Fela Keol and she's playing with Johnny O'Leary and Ellen O'Leary in a session. A very good, a very good recording as well, and that's from Patrick Stattery. And say somebody like Kathleen O'Keefe, like if this, if these recordings came from the Dan Hurley collection, do you think he would have invited her out and sat her down and invited her to play for him? Is that maybe how this? would have come about or would it have would been say, that I formal? Say, I would say it was part of his research for his books. Okay. Aoife. Okay, very good. Well, it's 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 fascinating and she's a great player and uh, very, very strong fiddle playing indeed. And I think there are again eight or nine sets of tunes here and again lovely versions of tunes like this, uh, this version of Morrison's. Mm-hmm. 
from Kathleen O'Keefe on fiddle and uh, that is again one of these tunes being released into the world or published next weekend. PJT and all of this music will be published next Saturday um, it's next Saturday being World Fiddle Day and it'll go, they'll go I think up onto the Schlieve Luchra archive website. Tell me about that website um, and that archive because it's, it's extremely impressive and as I gather now growing all the time yeah, it's growing all the time, but but a lot of the credit must go to Kerry County Council and the Arts Council of Ireland because all of this wouldn't be possible without their financial help because to convert reel-to-reel tapes and to digitise cassette tapes, it's it was beyond our ability. So we had to we had to get the experts to do it, and we have a great arts officer in, in County Kerry, Kate Kennelly, who who suggested that I apply for a couple of grants and they got us going with the archive. And then Paddy Glacken, the fiddle player, was coming down to Scatterglen for one world fiddle day and to help him enjoy the journey down, I sent him up one of the archive recordings of Padraig O'Keefe and Dennis Murphy, the two of them playing in Lines's Scatterglen in 1961. Wow. All reels, maybe one jig set, no polkas, no slides. And Paddy arrived down from Dublin, immersed in uh, O'Keefe, and he suggested that we take it a step further, and he suggested that we seek help, and then the Arts Council really helped us, and we could could develop it further. We were very lucky too, Aoife, because at one hand down in Scatterglen, a man from Glasgow approached us, and he said, a friend of mine has material which may be of use to you. And this man turned out to be Patrick Slattery, who lives in Glasgow. And he, for each of his summer holidays from 1974 to 1977, he brought a tent and a bicycle to Lucra and a tape recorder. And he bequeathed his 34 cassette tapes to me for the archive. And they're absolute treasures because a lot of those players are dead we wouldn't even have had a hope of getting a recording except that this man has them. And also, Dennis Murphy's wife, Julia Mary, when she died, her house was left to her nephew, Mick Sheehan. And Mick found a shoebox of reel-to-reel tapes belonging to Dennis Murphy in his attic. And they were also donated to the archive. So, tremendous history and, and recordings, which... I felt should be in the public domain. They're no good unless people can enjoy them. One of the things with, with setting up an archive like this, of course, is that the more there is, people will know you're there and they come to you with material. But but it also, I presume, makes you sharp to things and you, you pick up on things and find things sort of by accident. Has that happened to you? Oh, it, oh, it has. Um, 
we found a name and uh, in the shoebox that came from Dennis Murphy's house there was a name Dennis and Cornelius the Bronx and <laughs> that's vague enough me, yeah very vague but it drove me mad and I was googling for about two days and I found a recording that RTE brought out in the 80s on cassette called The Music of Kerry and County Clare and I hadn't a recording but I put out an appeal to a man on the, the session website he, I found a comment on the session website about Dennis Murphy and Cornelius O'Sullivan and I sent a message off to this man did he know any more about him and he knew nothing but he said I'll send you the two tracks and he sent me the two tracks by email and on one of the tracks Kieran McMahona was introducing Dr. Con O'Sullivan who was a medical student in Trinity College so I knew then he was a doctor so I, I, I held Googling for another 24 hours and found a doctor, Cornelius O'Sullivan, in Pittsburgh, USA. Found his number and decided, here goes, I'll rig it. And uh, <laughs> the first time I rang, the answering machine ran out. And then so I said, I should have left the message. So I rang again and I said, uh, hello, Dr. Cornelius, I'm ringing about Sleeve Lucre music, and there was a shout, what do you mean, uh, Sleeve Lucre music? And he answered the phone. He was in his, in his mid-80s, and he started talking, and he actually told me that uh, he learned from watching Dennis Murphy play and from tapes that Dennis sent back, and then he eventually immigrated to New York, and he played with Dennis in New York. But he told me a story that when he was 11, Dennis took him over to Scat the Glen and he remembers a long, narrow bar where he met up Padraig O'Keefe. And Dennis asked him to play a tune for Padraig O'Keefe. And um, Padraig O'Keefe actually complimented him on the night. And I suppose that, that, gave him indeed, that gave him the incentive, I suppose, to keep going with the music. Must have been a, a nice phone call for him to get then in his mid-80s out of the blue. I think I woke him up, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it was worth it, PJ, it was worth it. <laughs> but that, that, that recording can be found on our archive as well. Cornelius P. O'Sullivan and Dennis Murphy in the Bronx. And it's a fantastic half an hour of music. And on the other side of that tape was Charlie Mulville and Dennis Murphy. Totally different style of music, but fantastic recordings as well. They're, all of those stories are fascinating and uh, all the care that people took of those recordings then, obviously people like Patrick Slattery over years and minding those tapes and everything, it's, it's brilliant. And if what, people want to hear those tapes, uh, PJ, where can they go to listen to them? They can be accessed two ways. You can go into our website, worldfiddledayscatteglin.ie and there you will find three sections. You'll find a living section where the musicians are alive. That's a video section. You'll find a photo and biography section where we try and put up a photo and a few words about each musician in the archive. That's the biography section. And then we have the audio section. And you click on the white page and you keep scrolling down. There's 800 entries. (laughs) 
but you need about three weeks to go through it. <laughs> At least. And that's just listening, not to mind if you want to learn any of them. That's, that's another three weeks. Yeah. Um, OK, well, look, PJ, it's been a pleasure to talk to you. Tell me next weekend you have, as I say, normally it's a, a day of concerts and talks and everything, but you're online again this year. What What is the plan for next Saturday? Well, hopefully this is the last time online because the reason we do these things are for our community, Aoife, and I miss I miss the interaction between when we'll say you come to Scatterglen and I know you know Scatterglen that you come to Scatterglen and you meet someone that you haven't met for ages and you sit down and with your two fiddles and you have a tune and that's what Scatterglen is about. So I, hopefully this is our last time and I'm using it to show people who have never been to Scatterglen what happens in Scatterglen, what has happened in the past. The presentation is called Insights and we, we have some amazing stuff. We have stuff that nobody knows because I didn't tell anybody, I didn't tell any fiddler what the other fiddler was contributing to to this year's presentation. So it's going to be a surprise. But there are some huge surprises. The magical mystery tour of fiddle playing. Yes, and, and hopefully whoever views it someday will bring their fiddle and follow in the footsteps of O'Keefe and Dennis Murphy, Jerry McCarthy, Paddy Cronin and sit down in Scatterglen and play a few tunes. Okay, well look, um, PJT, and thanks very much for joining uh, us tonight on The Rolling Wave and thank you for uh, giving us a a preview of all this music which will be released on the website World Fiddle Day Scatterglen next Saturday. Thanks for listening to the Rolling Wave podcast. For rights reasons, the music here is shorter than in the original broadcast. So if you'd like to hear the full versions of the tunes, you can go to rte.ie forward slash radio one forward slash the rolling wave. This programme was first broadcast on May the 16th, 2021. Till the next time, Guramila Mahagi Agaslan.